On this episode of the podcast, Rosie and Turner talk about angels, demons, and ghosts as we kick off October. It's going to be an exciting one, so grab a coffee, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War, the podcast that brings you to the intersection of faith, politics, and culture. Episode number 13, the lucky 13. (laughs) Rosie, what's up, man? Not much, dude. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Oh, so did you know (laughs) that St. Magdalena de Pazzi is said to have cured a nun of sores and scabs in 1589 by licking her limbs. Oh, sweet. So that is <laughs> she, that is a saint in the she was, you know, became a saint in the Roman Catholic Church and she cured a nun of uh scabs by licking. How do you think that nun felt? Pretty weird, probably. Pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of scabs that needed to be healed. Maybe she didn't even feel it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it felt good. Maybe. Yeah. You ever have like an, an animal like lick, like a dog lick your scabs when you're no, a little I don't kid? Let them, I don't let them do that. Really? When yeah. I was a little kid, I'd get like a scab on my knee or something, and my dog would lick it. It it actually felt good. <laughs> never had anyone. Lick maybe it. my dog was a saint. Yeah. <laughs> he was Saint Bernard. <laughs> saint Bernard. <laughs> Well, I'm Turner, and I'm one of the hosts here. We are, it's just, it's solo, me and you, bro. Mm-hmm. We're in here uh, recording today. Um, I do have, a, I, I made an, I need to probably preface this episode because um, I made an Instagram post saying that we would have a special guest on, and I was looking forward to this this particular episode that we're recording right now. And unfortunately, our guest got ill, and he had to take, or his kids got his ill. His whole family, His yeah. whole family. So, he'll, we're going to reschedule that, and um, that guest will be beyond sometime in the future. So it's we it's you and me yeah. it's you and me bro and uh, and and Cody's not with us either so we're gonna just uh, make the best of this and um, and so kind of what we're doing right now is um, we were just talking you know it's October already hard to believe that we're recording this in October and uh, it's spooky month man October <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny man I was driving down the road um, this today and I can remember there's this there's this big tree nursery in town. And um, they always have these really awesome, um, like, swing sets and Oh, I think sheds. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And and every every Halloween, they put up this giant Grim Reaper thing. I mean, we're talking it's like two stories tall or more. Oh, wow. And it's just kind of like big flowing black uh, fabric. And um, when – they've been doing this for years. Yeah. When my oldest, who is like 19, when we would drive past it and she was still in a car seat, she would – see that thing and she would get scared <laughs> and she'd be like i don't know i don't like it i don't like it and uh i don't know why people do that there's scare kids well like have you ever noticed that there's people that are like halloween junkies yeah and then there's people that are like christmas junkies yeah so like there's a couple houses in our neighborhood here and um i saw one they're actually, they were like in our neighborhood Facebook page. They actually had put posts up about how excited they are. And they have done their whole front yard. And their house is really old, so it looks kind of creepy. Creepy, yeah. And I just don't get it. Like, what do you get for scaring kids? I mean, I don't know. 
don't know. I I don't understand Halloween anyways. Yeah. Well, it's got some pretty creepy origins. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good... We should go into that. Maybe do a a podcast on Halloween sometime. Well, it's funny because we were just, you know, it is the season and and it is creepy. Creepy season, Halloween, October. And uh, you and I were talking before before we hit record here and we were just kind of discussing some crazy things and we i brought up a story i was gonna i I was gonna share and you're like you need to you need to share that on the podcast so i'm gonna get into this kind of weird creepy story um and and then the listener you can decide what you want about it but uh I want to give a preface before we get into it uh, that we might talk about some things, nothing scripted right now. This yeah. is just kind of hit record. We're just kind of off the cuff. So it, this could go any direction. So I want to warn you ahead of time. Uh, we might say something that um, you might not be used to or might not like <laughs> or might not understand fully, and that's okay. Um, just shoot us an email or or hit us up on Instagram or whatever, and um, and we'll talk to you about it. We don't care about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, Stephen and I were talking about uh, Israel. I went to Israel a couple years ago, and we were in a place called Caesarea. And um, Caesarea is the place in Scripture where uh, Jesus looks at Peter and he asks, well, he asks the disciples. He says, "Who do who do you say that the Son of Man, Son of Man, is? Who do you say that I am?" And they were like, "Oh, some are saying John the Baptist. Some are saying Elijah." And you know, they had these different responses. And he looks at Peter, and he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says to him, he says, you're the son of the living God. And Peter says, oh, man, Peter, heaven and earth haven't, you know, or uh, what he say? He sa- how does he re- respond to him? He says, uh, this hasn't come to you by natural means, basically, right. this information, but it's been revealed to you by my Father in heaven. That's a paraphrase. And then he goes on and he looks at Peter and he says, um, Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what's unique about what Jesus said and how Jesus said and where he said it was he was in a place called Caesarea and this place in Caesarea was known for extreme amounts of idolatry and worship of idolatry. Uh, For instance, there's um, in in that place, there's this um, temple to Pan. Uh, the the Greek god pandemonium and um, you know just a really well that's where the word comes from right, right that's where we get our word pandemonium yeah it, chaos confusion that's what it comes from and that god was known that if you would pray and ask that god he would it was mainly used in warfare they would send uh, the pandemonium he was this little god and he would run through the grass I was gonna say if you remember the old uh, Hercules movie the cartoon in Disney yeah he was the one that was really fast and had like the lightning bolts on his feet and he was really short was that him i'm pretty sure yeah okay i wasn't sure if that was the ftd uh guy from the delivering flowers (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um so he would run through the grass this pandemonium pan and he would cause confusion to the army um, because he could run unseen through the tall grass or whatever because he was small and so there was an idol of worship there to Pan, and he was actually really evil, and he was very sexual, and there was all these other, all of, you know, there's a couple common traits, and I'm kind of, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm just telling you, but yeah. there's a couple common traits to both cults and to idolatrous, um, idolatry worship in the, in both in common day now and in the in the Bible. the Bible, yeah, and one of those traits is sexual immorality. Oh yeah, yeah. Always linked to cults and to these things, or some 
facet of sexual morality. For instance, um, like um, like the you take about think about some of these cults like Islam, you know, which is the biggest cult ever in the history. Yeah. Um, you know, multiple wives, pedophilia, pedophilia, yeah, yeah all all these things that are that are legit. They're proven out, right? Um, yeah, you get into some of these other smaller, weirder cults, and they always have like the leader, and he's having sex with all these people. Well, yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> it's kind of right. why guys uh, start cults. It's like they have some narcissistic, and I mean, we're not psychologists, but just breaking it down. Like, obviously, they think that they're hot stuff. And uh, moreover, they, so they want power and control, and they want to have sex with women. Lots of women. Yeah. I mean, it's every, it seems like every cult in the 70s that started, you know, Manson and everything, it was all the free love and, um, there's all kinds of, I think like the family was another cult that <laughs> owned a bunch of like vegan restaurants yeah, and stuff. Right. I, I think that was it. And did a lot of crazy psychedelic music, which is actually pretty good. Their music's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> if you're into like psychedelic music. But uh, yeah, not too many of your cults are going to be like, um, yeah, we're wholesome and moral. And uh, no, we're like mind control and we want all of your possessions, all your money. And uh, and we want your body too. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things they said. Uh, what about uh, Jim Jones? I mean, they, they, there was, you know, uh, down in Jonestown, there were rumors. Uh, I believe that there was, you know, because there's all these kids there, and there's mm -hmm. this stuff that you know there there was more to the story. And the same with uh, Waco with the Branch Davidians. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was this stockpiling of weapons and stuff that the government obviously didn't like. But there was a lot of you know. I heard an interesting report about that. Uh, the Branch Davidians. I heard that the whole reason they that they uh, attacked when they did is because um, that David Koresh, who was the leader of yeah, that yeah. cult, he actually had information about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Bill Clinton was president at the time. So like, see, yeah, there's... I heard some rumor. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I heard some. There's some crazy conspiracy theory. Um, I can't remember where I read this or came across it, but. That he was, it was like, so I believe Pizzagate and all that stuff. Right, right. But um, <laughs> there's this conspiracy theory that it started and David Koresh was basically using the compound and these children that were there, he was saving them from sex trafficking. Oh. Of these high level. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that's why the government came in <clears throat> they because he them. was actually saving these kids and they, <laughs> The government was spreading the rumor that he was. Well, that's why Chester Beddington was killed and or committed suicide, and the, right. and uh, what's his name from Soundgarden? Yeah, because uh, they had just they had just um, discovered and they had been offered the opportunity to have sex with children, and they were putting. Well, this, this is speculation, rumor. No, right? it was it was documented. What? It was documented. Um, uh, what's Soundgarden? What's his name? Um, I don't remember. I can't think of his name right now, but. Um, but uh, he's like one of the greatest rock singers of all. I love his voice. Chris? Chris Cornell. Cornell, That's his name. Yeah. yeah, Cornell. But evidently he had been offered opportunities to have children, like have sex with minors and stuff and what? as a rocker. And he was like, no. And and him and Chester Beddington got together. They had just created a nonprofit uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exposing human trafficking. You know, and it was interesting. I mean, before <laughs> going into the weeds with this stuff, right, right. but they did a lot of work, I think, with Haiti in Haiti. Oh yeah, because I uh, there's pictures of them with 
John Podesta. I remember seeing that. Oh my goodness. There's a whole other thing with him and John Podesta, Chester Bennington being yeah. uh, John Podesta's son. Uh, that, that's another thing. But they were doing work in Haiti, which is where the Clinton Foundation was doing it. And there's a lot of child trafficking. Man. Um, we're going to get killed, dude. Yeah, probably. We need to change That's why we have guns. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> so yeah. what I was going to say, <laughs> leading back to Jesus with the pan. Right. <laughs> Not not the pan like you cook with, but pandemonium. Uh, he next to the pan idol was, which is so funny to me. Like everybody thought these were God, right? This is God. This is God. That's God. Like which one's the supreme God, right? You know. Yeah. And um, but next to that was this was this one cave, and it was considered the gate. The gates to hell were there. Hades, Hades, right? Yeah, Hades, which is death and the grave and hell. And, um, you know, as we translate from the Greek and all. And um, in that place, they would actually do human sacrifices. And so when Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to build my church on this rock, first of all, they're standing on this crazy mountain of, it's like a mountainous area where they had carved all of these temples, like idol worshiping spots into the sides of these rocky mountains kind of, uh, terrain and like a Mount Rushmore to false <laughs> idols. Yeah, I wish it was that nice. Unfortunately, <laughs> right. it's disgusting. Yeah, because it's all divination, fake, demonic, and inspired from Satan. But the gates of hell were there, and he yeah. said, "The gates of hell will not prevail against my church." And and basically, he was proclaiming himself to be God over all of those, all of those other things. Because every, you know, obviously, you know, from a theological standpoint, Jesus is supreme. Every other god is man-made, because there is only one true living God. Right. There are not other gods that exist. You know. And so there's there's spiritual beings. Right. But not gods. Yeah. They're, so they're created. Go into that real quick. Yeah. You brought up your theory, or. Would you say your theory or your yeah. thoughts on demons? Yeah. Please <laughs> go ahead. All right. That was part of the thing. So there's a lot of confusion. Um, and and I'm, this is not a uh, – this is – it's I'm working this out. Yeah. And this is where I've come. And, and I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong if I'm wrong, if somebody – if a listener has a better, you know, a view of this. When I, I was raised – uh, in circles where they were very, very in tune spiritually. Circles. <laughs> circles, yeah, right? Not prayer circles yeah. like that. But uh, no, I was raised in, in Christian um, you know, circles, um, charismatic, um, very spiritual, very in tune with spiritual things. And um, they accepted spiritual activity, good and bad. Right. Um, not accepted it as like the bad as good, but it, that it was real. Right, right, and um, and so my understanding was that any evil force was a result of the fallen angels, and ultimately this is true. But um, I always thought that you have angels and then you have demons, and demons were just fallen angels. So Ezekiel tells us that um, that Jesus de- or that uh, Satan deceived a third of the angels. He had all these I am statements. He wanted to be God. Lucifer did. And then he was evicted from heaven. And when he did, he deceived a third of the angels to go with him. They were swept away in his tail, I think is what uh, Revelation talks about with it. And so I always assumed that that demons were those a third of the angels that fell with Satan. And that's what we were dealing with. It it was always a two-to-one battle. Good versus bad, you know. We always had a, we always had them outnumbered. You know, the angels did. But um, when you get into the book of Genesis, right, some crazy things start happening. Yeah, and we 
and a whole podcast we, about we this. did if you want to know more a little bit more about it it's the globalism um yeah. podcast i don't know what episode it is but it's globalism the origins of globalism and and what happened was is that angels came down from heaven and this is these are um extra biblical sources that we're putting together on this but they are extra biblical sources that are actually mentioned in the new testament so right. it's the book of enoch in particular now we don't have a current verifiable copy of the book of enoch because we don't have a it 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 probably it probably original copies of it they may have had in the old testament maybe pre-flood well they they quote it they quote it and but you just that's the thing the problem is you know for me yeah yeah, yeah. i want to have some proof right text and we don't have proof texts anywhere yeah. in here. so that's the thing even if we have an, a really ancient manuscript that's a copy of it if it's only like 60 to 100 years after it was written or even a thousand years after it was written at least it's closer to what yeah. an original would be but we don't have anything really like that and so um you have to be careful about what you take but the new testament the book of jude mentions the book of enoch um i think peter might mention it too i'm not positive but um so what what we're what I'm getting around to is that that extra biblical book source Enoch and then um, Genesis six it talks about um, how the sons of God found attractive the women of men and they created offspring right they had they had sex with them and they took them as their wives yeah and the result of those offspring were what came known as the giants or the Nephilim. And there's two different um, words used in the Bible. It's Nephilim and re- Rephaim. Yeah. Um, those are two different words. And it's basically two um, – I-, I haven't been able to figure out if those are two different names for the same thing or if they're two different names of two different things right, necessarily. Because right. sometimes the Bible will name the same thing but have different different names depending on who's saying it from where they're from. So – um, it's harder to figure that out, and this is what I'm working out. Yeah, yeah. So, angels fall from heaven. Angels take women as wives. Angels have sex with said women, and angels produce an offspring, which are the result, which would be what we come known as the giants. We know the giants existed uh, in the Old Testament because David actually kills the last of what we, I think, the Rephaim, which was uh, Goliath. Right. He had six brothers, or five five other brothers. I think there were six total. Uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about the king of Og. He had a 12-foot-long bed or a 13-foot-long bed. It was this big, giant brass bed, and it was actually on display in a museum that uh, Deuteronomy talks about where you could go look at it. I think Moses mentions he can go look at it. So there's um, – it's not on a, in a museum now, but back then it was like, right, on right, display. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and it was probably held as sort of a – Hey, look at how great we are. And so this explains a couple different things. So so when these when these Nephilim, these these hybrid species of uh, you know, creature, they were they were mo- part human, part fallen angel. Right. Okay. They had a soul when that creature died, which they did die, like for instance, Goliath, his head got chopped off. Where did that soul go? Okay, it it didn't it doesn't go to heaven because it's not savable because it's created from an angel, not a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the breath of life that's eternal that's in it isn't from God, and so where does that that soul go? 
you know, we know that mankind, when mankind dies, he's going to go either to, well, we would call heaven or hell. Right. And before Jesus, it was Hades, and it would be paradise or across the great chasm it would be, you know, the, the other side. Right, but it's still the, the, grave. It, the eternal separation from God. Right, eternal separation from God. And then um, and then when Jesus rose from the dead, resurrected, he took all of those in paradise, Abraham's bosom, those that were living by faith, up to heaven with him, and they're there now. And then those that are in faith now when we die, we go to be with him in heaven. And if not, we're separated from him eternally. Right. There will be a great white throne judgment that everyone will stand before God. And so all of those who are either in, were in Abraham's bosom and eventually in heaven or in heaven, or all of those that are in Hades are separated from God eternal now, will be in a last resurrection, resurrected to life to stand before God and give an account for their life. All of us who are in faith will will be not be judged because of Jesus. We, right. We're trusting in Jesus for yeah, our yeah. salvation, and so we will not be judged based on that. We'll get a different judgment based on how we lived obediently to God, um, which is a whole nother. We could talk a whole nother yeah, podcast yeah. about that. Which every Christian should be concerned about that judgment. We want to bring glory to God. So all of those Nephilim die. Where do their souls go? And I am under the impression that those souls are not in heaven or hell. They're just in the air. And Ephesians talks about the kingdom of the air, where these things, these principalities, these powers, these forces um, inhabit. And so I think that demons are the souls, the disembodied souls of dead giant Nephilim. That's what I think they are. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a lot of them. And I'll tell you why. Um, this is why... When the Bible instructed just uh, uh, the Bible instructed uh, uh, Joshua to go into the Promised Land and to kill everything. Remember when they would say, "We want you to kill the men, the women, the children, the livestock. Nothing survives because the that which was living was Nephilim." Right. Yeah. There were all these ites, these tribes. You know, the the Canaanites, the Hittites, the the Jebusites. All these ites, these tribes, and they were all part of that Nephilim lineage right and we had talked about uh you know basically that was the devil's plan to corrupt one last time try to corrupt basically to make sure that jesus wouldn't come because if all of uh the lineage of from adam and eve if everything was corrupted okay you got you're having a great point there right so so uh, so what i was going to say is these you know when we read in this this old testament of the bible you know like oh my god could could God really have this guy? <laughs> He's yeah, a genocidal how, maniac. How God good, is, yeah, how could a good yeah. God call for these innocent people to be killed? Right? Or like with the flood, you know, right? the so, same kind of thing. So this is the thing with the flood. It's very possible that the human, the human race was so corrupted by the, by the fallen angels taking In women. D- at a DNA genetical level. Yeah. A genetic. Genetical. Yeah, that's genetical. a new word. I like that. <laughs> The genetical. Uh, no, you're right. You're exactly right. And so it's possible that God destroyed them in the flood because they were so corrupt. And and this is what this is the interesting thing is that a lot of times when you read that in Genesis, it says that God. Um, it says that God was he in the King James says he repented that he made men. In right. other words, he turned away. It was sad. He was sad that he ever created man. But he, it broke his heart that he had to do this. Number one, that's important to understand. But number two, it may have been that he was that man was being corrupted so much that he was unsavable. Right. And so he had to go to that length. So the big question then is how did 
how did Nephilim exist after, after the, flood? the flood? Right. And one theory is that that you know Noah had three son three he had three sons and they were all married. In uh, there they have traced back through the lineage that it's possible that Ham, his son Ham, was actually married to a pagan, and she may have been already with that. Yeah. She might have been corrupted already. So she might have had the DNA that was corrupted as well. And so the Nephilim could then have a genetic strain that would make it through the flood, but it would be much, much weaker. Yeah, from the whole world down to one couple. Right. It yeah. take it would take a long time and a, a lot to begin to repopulate the earth with them. So that's kind of the thing. And so my thought is is that all these ones that died in the flood and all of them that died after the flood that were killed in the in the conquering of the promised land, you know, as God gave victory to all of them. And and, you, and like here's the thing: you remember when jo, when jo, when jo, I keep wanting to say in Joseph, but when Joshua sent the spies in, and he was one of them. They were yeah. They came back with a report. They're like the report is like we're like crickets, we're crickets, yeah, yeah and it's like and the food was like enormous, like grapes the size of men's head, and all yeah. these things, and uh, and. As far as killing all of them and you know and killing the livestock and all of those things, um, there is even the Book of Enoch even alludes to the fact that there was this animal husbandry that was happening through in the Old Testament before the flood of genetically messing with even the animals to the point of where we get these you know we have these ancient you know the centaur and right, right, right. um you know like the half horse half man yeah like it's possible that those were not just legends and made up it's possible that the fallen angels had technology and husbandry techniques to create somehow do weird wicked things well i mean you that, know? that's one of, one of the interesting things when they're talking about the grapes right like so how right. does how do how do they get Ham that big? And his wife having sex and having these kids how does that corrupt the land you know how does that how does that yeah what is that i mean i can think of something yeah right no (laughs) (laughs) but uh seeds yeah on the ground but uh yeah everything got corrupted well i mean and and god did curse the ground at the fall right 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 so that we knew that but but um but yeah so it's just kind of crazy so so my theory of demons to go back to that big right, long, yeah, yeah. my theory of demons is that all of these giants, Nephilim, that were unsavable, hybrid, weird creation, yeah. uh, unsavable, their disembodied spirits are floating around. Those are, I believe, those are the demons. Right. And I'm not alone in this. This is fairly, it's it's fairly new to me, mm-hmm. but I think this has been going around for a while. Yeah. And so this would make sense why they want to possess a person. Because they're disembodied, right? And they're most at peace when they're inside a a human because they they cavity. they've known that it's right it's right uh, familiar right. Whereas the believer, we have, and this is crazy. When you get into Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about we have an incorruptible seed right in us, and it's going to bear fruit one day to eternal life. Mm-hmm. So our our comfort as Christians is to get out of this body. Right. This thing is stuck here, so it wants to get into a body. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. there could be some crazy, you know, connection there too. Well, I mean, well. isn't that the kind of thing what they talk about uh, to kind of go back to uh, this, you know, Satan and Lucifer and the the, the plan? Um, even in the you know the modern quote unquote you know from the eighteen uh, 
Anton LaVey and all this stuff, um, Satanism, I'll just say that as a catch-all, they do the complete opposite of God or what the commandment. And basically, mm-hmm. they try to do the opposite of anything that's Christian. Self-rule. So, right, right. Yeah. But that's the thing is, that's the there's again, is the opposite of what man is supposed to be, God's plan, mm-hmm. is we're supposed to be joyous and looking forward to leaving this body. Right. But they're in agony and tormenting us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to get into a body. Like, yeah. You know, there's, here's the good news, is, and I still yeah. hold to this part of it, is that if you are a Christian, a believer, if you have – so every believer has the – you know, John 3, you're born of the Spirit. You have the eternal Spirit dwelling within you, the light of Christ. No demon can come in and possess that. Right. So, only the only ones that can be possessed biblically that we that I can determine from theologically, biblically, whatever, however you want to phrase it, are those that do not confess Jesus as Lord. Which might be pretty controversial hey man, to say, but... Well, this is... But think about it. Yeah, John yeah. one one says that he is the light of life, the light of men. Yep. Okay, so we have this light and darkness, and, and light and dark can't occupy the same place. Right. So we know that it's impossible for him. We know that the church is called the light of the world, and we're called to like not hide our light. We're called to like not put it under a bushel. Right. So there is this there is this direct connection between light and the believer mm-hmm. and darkness and evil and Satan. Right. And so, and these demons are the spawn of of Satan's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fallen angel spawn is what they are, and uh, and so they they will be. T- God will God will take care of them. It's not like he was surprised by all right. this, you know. And so, um, and there's a lot more to this than that. But um, but what's amazing to me is that all of those gods that were going back to where Jesus is now talking to his right, disciples right. and says, "Who do you say the Son of Man is?" All of those gods that were man-made, um, some of them were inspired demonically. Mm-hmm. They want to be worshipped. These these fallen angels wanted to be worshipped. Um, right, know. and because to say um, angels possess, um, because they still remained angels. I mean, they're still, even though when, when they left heaven, they're still angels. Right. So they still have extra, I, I guess it would make sense that a demon would, uh, the soul of a Nephilim or something like that would have access to extra dimensionary. Yeah. He would be able to interact in a way in our existence, our current frame of uh, where humans operate in this, th- these dimensions. Um, so, you know, there's demons uh, in the Bible or these false prophets and stuff like that. were able to have things happen. Yeah. Well, not- think about like the sorcerers um, in uh, Moses, with right. Moses. So they could perform weird, really, really powerful magic. Magic, yeah. yeah. And so, how does this happen? Like, what what, what makes forces that- or right? It, where, where's the power coming yeah. from? Where's this extra supernatural uh, thing coming from? Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's obviously there's some things there that are mystical and beyond what we know. You know, Ephesians talks about mystery. There's a lot of mystery in the, the book of Ephesians, and when you get into Ephesians chapter six, it talks about spiritual warfare. Right. And talks about the armor of God, how God has given the people of God 
protection. He's given us his very presence, his armor, and um, all of them are very symbolic. All the things that he mentions, Paul mentions, are symbolic of some aspect of our relationship with God and our submission to Christ. Um, but he also gives a defining uh, a description of spiritual warfare because he talks about how there's principalities, powers, high places, and, and they're organized, they're structured, they're hierarchical. And so um, this the demons would fit in there somewhere. So you have right. the, the angels ruling over, like, you know, I would imagine in my mind and my understanding of this that, like, say, Washington, D.C. is probably a stronghold, demonic, not demonic, right. but but <laughs> angelic, fallen angel, angelic stronghold. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. They want to yeah, yeah, yeah. think of what comes out of the rest of the world because of what happens in that place. Right. So they, you know, lots of prayer has to be pointed towards Washington, D.C. and pray for our you know, our, the people here, and, yeah, and yeah. The president and all of the cabinet members and all of the senators and the the Supreme Court justice, all of these things, we should be you know praying and Paul and not just. I think it should be said not just the Republicans. No, or all of them. Like we want, it would be awesome if Diane Feinstein found Jesus. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Would Maxine Susan Waters? Collins? Right. Oh my goodness, yeah, it would right. be amazing. Yeah, praise God if that would happen. Yeah, and, and but look, our God can save them. Absolutely, we should be praying for that. And, yeah, and in fact, we pray right now. God save those people. Save all. Save the Republicans, Lord, because yeah. <laughs> God knows they need to be saved too. Yeah, many of them. Um, you know, but at the same time. So there's an angelic force. There's angelic forces that are controlling these strongholds, these areas, and uh, and then you have hierarchy of power structure, right. and then you have these demons that are going around even lower and literally just tormenting. Like one of the things that you see in the New Testament with Jesus, whenever he interacts, they're just tormenting these poor people. Right. One of the things they do is cut themselves. Yeah. What's one of the big things we see youth doing today? cutting yep. and it's a big problem and the first time i ever as a youth pastor saw uh, someone cutting the first thing that went through my mind was that's demonic yeah like that's not in no that is anti-god all the way god would never have one of his children harm themselves right that, that way that yeah. way to deal with pain you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I, I think it's demonically inspired. So, there's, like, this really – so, those, that's my theory on demons. They come from fallen, an, fallen angel spawn Nephilim that died disembodied spirits. <laughs> yeah. That's what they are. Call it what you want. But um, – so Yeah, so we were talking about that. Yeah. In this specific place, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. So, I had – I also had two experiences with what, what I with believe Cesarea. were de- demonic yeah. – that I'll, I'll share a story with you uh, in a minute. But um, so Caesarea, there was this weird thing. Um, in When I went over to Caesarea, I was over there um, in uh, 2015 or so. And um, and we go up there and we're checking it out. We're looking at it all. And I see the gate of hell where they were talking, where Jesus said the gates of hell won't, won't you know. And they used to do human sacrifices there and stuff. And, um, and so uh, I had this like weird experience there. First of all, it was... All the way up there on the bus ride, I had like a weird stomach ache, wasn't feeling good, kind of heavy. And then we got there and it was just like dark and I just felt heavy. Like mm-hmm. the only way I can explain it is almost like I had, I was in a bad mood unexplainably yeah. and it wasn't like jet lag or anything like that. It was it was just um, a very weird experience and I was really like, it was beautiful to experience this place that's been preserved and it's ancient. Like I'm a history guy, I love that kind of stuff. But um, man, I I actually was ready to just get out of there when we left. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like you were the the light in yourself was being prepared. Like yeah. the bus ride there, like you're like I'm gonna. This is not a. Um, it's a strong. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. you're going in for battle. You know. Yeah. I mean, so, so to speak, and you know, most uh, you, <laughs> you we get did. apprehensive, <laughs> and you know, I I'm not a soldier, but you know, I, I well, you are by default, right? right? Yeah, 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 but I mean. Uh, yeah, you know, I've talked to friends and even guys that have done some stuff. They get nervous before every single you know mission that mm-hmm. they go on, or just outing or yeah. patrol. So that's that kind of you know that the place is evil. It's evil, and there's been a lot of evil that's been birthed out of there. Um, one of the tour guides told us that that was the you know Kabbalah, yeah. which is this Jewish mysticism that comes out of Caesarea. Um, in fact, we we were driving up to the place to Caesarea. It's kind of like in a mountainous, rocky region. Yeah. And um, there, Madonna has a house up there, believe it or not. Yeah. She has a house. She's like one of the biggest proponents of Kabbalah. If you don't know about Kabbalah, it's just this um, weird uh, it, It's Jewish mysticism mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, I mean, they, that's- they, like, they hold to the Torah. So you read the Torah, but- they believe in a lot of, and it's it's one of those things where it's sort of a vast kind of cult. It is a cult, but it's sort of vast, and so they have a lot of different beliefs depending on which kind of sect within you, it. It's we. It's almost they don't even have sex. It's just like you pick what you want. It's like a buffet. Yeah. But one of the one of the things that they believe in is that you can act that you can manipulate uh, the world through prayer. Yeah. Which as. Which, Christians, we believe you can change things through. Prayer, yeah, I was going right? to say that most. Uh, I mean, we just saw those. Wit- Did you see that? That the, 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 there is a uh, a coven or whatever. Oh yeah, the witches that were casting a hex <laughs> on uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I was going to say this is pretty interesting. Uh, you hear a lot about uh, you know celebrities and Scientology and stuff like that. Um, there is a lot. And you were going to say, like, Madonna, there's a lot of uh, Hollywood bigwig celebrities that are into Kabbalah or were at one point. Um, yeah. A lot of really just, like, uh, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, <laughs> oh, Lucy Liu, Paris Hilton, James Vanderbeek, uh, you know, just Alex Rodriguez. Uh, I'm just reading off the Alex record. Rodriguez. This is what that? it says. Who, uh, was he an athlete? Baseball player. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, so there's craziness. Oh, man. So And, and it, you know, I don't – I think that a lot of people that get into things like Kabbalah or – especially in Hollywood. Yeah. A lot of that is social. You know, a lot of it is they don't understand what, what they're, they're – messing with. Yeah, what they're messing with because there is – power behind it. it it was birthed out of darkness it was birthed out of deception and it, the purpose was to lead people away from the truth not to the truth well i mean in the same sense that uh those uh you know the the prophets the false prophets back in the days of uh moses and it, you know like all back then when they were sacrificing to pan and all these other gods that we were talking about just the powers that came from demonic right they're, they're still around they yeah. didn't they didn't die they're right. still floating around now and some of this crazy stuff might still be happening you yeah. know like yeah. there, there's th- those the power didn't go away and they certainly didn't go to heaven 
and because you know so they're right, still existing yeah. in the same plane yeah it's just repackaged the lie you yeah know, that's like the new the new age you know the new age is kind of tapping into a lot of these ancient um like really pre pre-christ pre um traditions and they're tapping into those things and they're like oh yeah these are ancient truths and we need to you know we need to we need to get ourselves into these things right and um yeah so and it's sad because it creeps into the church yeah it creeps into the church this mysticism and things and so i you know i don't really want to get into that too much but but um so you know i guess our whole my whole point in this is like it's october creepy 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 things right but um so i had a a, an interesting experience i had two i had three interesting experiences and uh, do you want to hear all three i don't know if you want to hear all three okay yeah um, and if anybody that knows me personally might know two, one or two of these stories because I've I've shared them before, yeah, yeah. you know, preaching and stuff like that. But um, one of them was not too long ago, within within the last year. Um, I was I was in bed. It was about three o'clock in the morning, and I had a really really evil, just evil dream, and um, it was extremely uh, just uh, disturbing. Yeah, I won't get into details about the dream, but when I woke up from the dream. It like it literally the dream was so bad that it startled me t- to wake me. Yeah, yeah. When I woke up, um, there was a smell in my bedroom that was disgusting, <laughs> and I was I I didn't know what it was, and it smelled like like someone took a dump on my bed. I'm just going to be honest. That's what it smelled. It smelled like someone just dropped trowel and just like, it went just Merry Christmas. Yeah. You know, right on my thing. $50 worth of Taco Bell. (laughs) That's right. With extra hot sauce. (laughs) So I think everyone that's listening gets the idea. Yeah. Uh, It smelled bad. It was bad. It was, I mean, it made me gag. Like, and I woke my wife up and I was like, do you smell that? Like, I didn't know if our dog, took a dump right. or what yeah, honestly i didn't know and and because we had a little puppy and uh she couldn't smell anything and now you have to understand this my wife has we have a joke she has a supersonic nose yeah like it's actually a curse right. she can smell things S- all smell the time a fart a mile away yeah, yeah. anything bad <laughs> breath fart good smells bad smells yeah. whatever you know it's like it's a curse it's like a blessing and a curse but there's more bad smells than good smells unfortunately in this <laughs> world but she didn't smell anything and I and then I it dawned on me. Oh man, you know what? That dream was evil. It was demonic, and I think there was a spiritual attack that I experienced. Right. And so, uh, in my dream, uh, I was somehow in the spiritual realm in my sleep, unconscious. I was, you know, um, somehow the enemy got near me, and um, and I I just remember the the way that that dream was, how disturbing it was, and all of that, and things that I was going through personally in my life at that moment, where my whole world was kind of upturned. Yeah. So I wasn't on my A game, and um and I and I probably wasn't prayed up the way I needed to be prayed up or whatever. Which which but, is I mean these are the things that you can say that as a uh, a warning. Mm-hmm. I mean these are the times when they wait. Mm-hmm. And pounce when you're weak. When, when they know, yeah. When you're weak and not paying attention, you're distracted. That's the enemy always does that, right? right yeah, He's not yeah. gonna. If you're in the gym lifting weights every you know three times a, a week, it's the likelihood of you getting mugged. Right. You know, is not very high. Yeah. If you're jacked and right sober but, and right head on a swivel, yeah. But if you're going down a dark alley and you look like a dweeb and you you you've never been to the gym in your life and you, <laughs> you just eat Twinkies, you're gonna get you're gonna be picked out. Yeah. Right. The enemy's like that. 
So uh, don't be a dweeb. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that was one experience that I had, and I just remember getting up and just praying, and and um, and it just ruffled my feathers big in a big way. Yeah. Um, I had another uh, dream. I had just become a Christian. I was probably about seventeen years old, and I got saved out of a pretty sexually immoral lifestyle. I was, you know. T- with whoever would have sex with me pretty much. And, um, and I remember the, when I got saved, the Lord really, really convicted my heart of that. And so I wanted to live a pure lifestyle. I wanted to be pure. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was at that point, I'd broken up with my girlfriend. We were, I was single. And so I was really striving to, to honor God in every way. And, um, I remember I had this dream and there was this woman in my dream and she was beautiful she was wearing like a judge's robe <laughs> and she came over to me and she started trying to seduce me and i said uh i was like no and i started to push her away and she grabbed my neck and started choking me and i couldn't breathe in my sleep mm-hmm. and i eked out jesus like jesus like it just squeaked it out of my voice in in the dream and all of a sudden she let go and repulsed back and she like turned completely disgustingly ugly. Like she was beautiful before, like super attractive. And then she just turned completely ugly. Hideous. And yeah. yeah, hideous. And it was frightening. And she ran. Like she ran away from me in the dream. Like ran out of the dream. And I remember waking up from that and I was like so confused because I had I had done a lot of drugs <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah. I'd never experienced anything like that. And I remember I asked this older woman who was discipling me, basically, she was an old saint, man, just a matriarch of a woman. And I was like, hey, I had this dream. And she said, oh, you were spiritually attacked, (laughs) you know, as a baby Christian. Um, So those were the dark, weird things. I've had a few other situations that were pretty, pretty crazy, too. Maybe another time we can do a whole episode on some of that. But but I had a, a cool experience, too. And this is on the other side of the, the light side of it, not the dark side of it. Um. I was probably about 23 years old, 24 years old maybe, and um, I had a painting business with a friend, and we had gotten this job uh, working in uh, downtown, and we had to do the work at night when the office was closed, and we were doing all of this wallpaper and painting in this big um, big office building. So we would get there at 5, and we'd work till about 2 o'clock in the morning, and then we'd go home. Yeah. And so I was living in Woodbridge at the time, which was about an hour away. <clears throat> And um, I was driving home. I had a Mazda 323, sweet little car. My dad um, actually gave me that car. And it had a sunroof. And it was the summertime. And I remember driving home with all the windows down. And I came to a stoplight on Route 1 and heading into Woodbridge. And I looked above my head and there was what looked like an airplane light. You know, it was just like a light. And it was just kind of over my car. And I, I noticed it, and so I uh, I was like, oh. And so at the stoplight, and I turned down my radio, and it was completely silent, and I couldn't hear the airplane, but I could see the light. And I was like, well, that's strange. You can't hear anything, but I can see it. And so as I drove, it would stay over my car. <laughs> so I drove all the way home. I get home, and I park my car, and I'm sitting in my car, and it's in front of me now. And it's like behind these trees that are across the street from my house. And it's, I can see the light through the trees, and it's moving back and forth. And so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is either a UFO, <laughs> I'm going to be visited by E.T., <laughs> or it's an angel. So I'm, I'm the type of person where I don't, I don't like to believe things on my own. So I 
sat there and I got out of my car and I stood next to my car and it came closer. Now it never came closer than I would say 50 feet away from me, but as it came closer, it was glowing white. It was pretty cool. And I said, do you have a message for me? And nothing happened. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so maybe it's not an angel with a message. So I ran inside and I grabbed my roommate. And I said, Dave, get up, get up. And so Dave got up and he came out and I said, do you see that? And he goes, yeah, what is it? I go, it followed me home and it's hanging out there over the trees. And he goes, I don't know, man. And he walked back in because it was like three in the morning. He's like, whatever, dude. But he saw it. So I have an eyewitness. (laughs) And um, so I sat there for a little while and um, I sat on the hood of my car for maybe 10 minutes and I watched it. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to go to bed because it's not doing anything it's just and it would move back and forth and stuff so i go into my bedroom and there was a window right over my bed and over my headboard and i got in bed and um i kind of like went inside and got ready for for bed and everything. i kind of forgot about it and then i got into bed and i laid down and my lights were off and i noticed it was outside my window <laughs> so it was like it had moved and my my bedroom was on the back side of the house so it wasn't like it was I was seeing it like right, from right, a different right. angle. It was literally it had to have moved to be. It was right outside the window. It was outside my window, and I looked at it, and I was just like, and I just started to pray and worship the Lord because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, what else so, do you do? I think that was an angel, and I think it was a, a protecting angel, a guardian angel that was just um, watching over me. You know, letting itself be known. Letting itself be known, and um, God's just you know I, I can remember that phase of my life too. I was. I had been single for a while, I was waiting on the Lord to bring me my wife, and I wasn't sure about direction in my life, if I was called into ministry, if I was called to invest in this business and keep growing that, or what I was going to do, you know? And so, I was a little bit, you know, you know you're know, you in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole world is in front of you in your 20s, and you're not sure where it's going to go. And I, I know. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, it's really great to have a God who knows and that you serve, and I've was really comforted by that. I, you know, I believe it was the Lord just giving me an angel. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure that angel's been around me for my whole life. So those, those are just two, three stories that happen. They're kind of cool. Yeah, I think. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of any crazy ones that uh, were that obvious. I'm sure there is. You know, I'm sure we run into you know angels probably maybe well, every day. Hebrews tells us we. Always be hospitable because you could be entertaining angels unaware. Right. Yeah. And that's important to remember, um, you know, on that side of things. But yeah, man, like crazy. This is a real, this is real. This is the thing about it is like everything we're talking about here is real. Right. When, when Jesus would cast demons out of people, those were real spiritual entities. They were literally, they were created somehow and they exist somehow. And they're going to eternally exist somewhere, either in I, you know, hell, they're going to be eternally in the lake of fire, but they're real nonetheless. And I think in our Western culture, it doesn't help um, with this because I've been to Haiti, I've been to third world countries, and they're, yeah, much, you know, yeah. they're much more open to that kind of stuff. Like, right. It's more normal you know, for them to, to have a spiritual awareness and i think that's what the danger is is like we were talking about the new age earlier um most of the stuff that is in the western new age movement um 
Yeah, it seems like there's so much in America. And I'm sure there's places elsewhere um, that have the New Age, that it's uh, infiltrated. Um, but it seems like it's always borrowed from Eastern stuff. And it, it's mm-hmm. amalgamated here. And it's, I mean, even just the proof of that shows that um, I think it might be changing like that the West is, is grasping or trying to find. Um, well, we've been materialistic for, well, in my lifetime, because I was born in the 70s, yeah, you were yeah, born yeah. in the 80s. So, I was born in the 90s. Or, oh, you were born in the 90s. So, but uh, just barely. Yeah. So we're very materialistic. The West has experienced tremendous financial prosperity. Right. That makes us materialistic. Material Materialism by nature, is it, it, it minimizes spirituality. You worship this money, this guy. I mean, that's the whole thing between Plato and Aristotle that they always, I mean, that was the whole thing of what is real. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sadly, they're both failures. <laughs> right. Like, you know, the spiritual side of things that's apart from Christ and the materialistic things that are apart from understanding that God hands out those things, they're both yeah. failures. But it's just interesting that there's, I think with the New Age movement, these people... And I, I got so many hippie friends, like real deal hippie. Yeah. Like live in <laughs> communes and stuff. One of them does. <laughs> just he, yeah. but like real deal hippies yeah. that are totally into buying uh, $600 crystals to protect them. And oh, they wow. always say namaste and oh, right. yeah. do hours of yoga and all kinds of crazy, which is a whole other thing. Yoga? Oh, yoga. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting. I just think of, the fact that this is relevant, that the new age shows that there's there's an appetite within every single person, regardless of where you live, and even in the most materialistic place, to find that uh, yeah extra you know the supernatural. But it's just a shame that <laughs> as we've shown, I mean, just talking now, Christianity has that. You know what I yeah, mean? We've like, got an answer. That's we right. got an answer to it, and uh, yeah. it's like we don't shy away from that. And the, you just get these weird, perverted. Re- I don't even want to call them. I guess religions, but they're not really religions. Yeah, well, these, they're searchings, and yeah, you're, you're exactly right when you talk about how there's this yearning inside of everyone. Um, it, the um, King Solomon. He wrote in Ecclesiastes, he said that God has placed eternity into the hearts of men. Right. So there is this compass pointed towards eternity in every created human being. Um, and and so how we, how we get that compass to get to Christ, which is the true north. Yeah, that's, it, a, that's yeah, a job. It's a job for us to point, yeah. but it also it's the work of God and his spirit as well. Yeah, and so that's the problem is people fill it with other things. Well, what I meant by you know it's the job. I mean that's what the Christians shouldn't be scared of. I mean, right? This is that there's a there's a place that if like I think we laid it down pretty good. Um, you know when you can talk, you shouldn't be scared to talk to anyone about your faith and the truth of you know Christ, yeah. but. There are the Bible does account for this stuff. It's not outside the realm. You don't have to go try to rationalize. Oh well, you know, because someone could say, you know, I did Reiki healing, you know, which is like some weird 
craziness of like healing with hands and oh, stuff. Right. Like it's a perversion. Like Mr. Miyagi's uh <laughs> he rubs his hands and gets them hot and then rubs yeah hands. yeah but there's i mean i know i know like i said my hippies i know some reiki masters hmm. that claim you know like they just, may have experience right you know. and that's what i'm saying that they're tapping into these things that you know um i'm just i'm just kind of i don't know proclaiming or encouraging that um don't let that be a getcha yeah. That someone will like, well, oh, I don't, you know, I was able to do this or, you know, I know someone that was healed and it wasn't Jesus. Right. You know, like, oh, it was, it was Susan, the Reiki level three master that, you know, <laughs> you know, she did it. <laughs> Reiki level three. I love that. That's what that. it is. That's uh, the highest level of Reiki. Oh, uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, to that point, like uh, Moses, he was faced with the sorcerers in Egypt when Pharaoh, he was, he went to Pharaoh and let my people go. No, nah, man, we're not letting your people go. And he's like, all right, well, this is a sign. He threw, you know, <laughs> the he, staff. he would do different things. And yeah. the sorcerers were able to duplicate a handful of those things that he would do. But finally, when he turned his snake, his staff into a snake and theirs turned into a snake, his snake ate their snake. Right, yeah. And that was the proof of like, oh, okay. And then after that, they couldn't duplicate much anymore. And, yeah. But so there is power in in the in the false god and the in the demons and the darkness and the fallen angels and all of that that comes connected anything that's apart from the one true living god there is some sort of power there but it's going to always fall short that's the thing about it it's never going to be you know a, a a complete healing in the sense that of the way that it was maybe intended right you know and even if it was a complete healing in the way that it was intended like maybe you did cure someone of cancer they're still going to go on to die and if they right. don't have Jesus Christ as their lord and savior they're going to die gonna they're going to die eternally yeah. which is even worse which was the whole like Jesus said the reason i do these miracles is for you to know that i am god right he wasn't doing them just to do them right and they were fulfilling specific purposes, like we had said. Yeah, those, those we four messianic, you know, uh, miracles that only the Messiah could do, uh, you know, and they tried and they couldn't, and they couldn't duplicate them since then. Yeah. You know, there's, but many. So, I'm going to throw you a curveball okay. right here off this stuff. What about ghosts? Ghosts. What do you think about ghosts? So, I think I would put ghosts. So, here's what I would do. I explained to you what I thought demons were. Right. So, they're disembodied yeah. Deceptive, disembodied spirits. And they're evil. Yeah. At heart, they're yeah. evil. So I believe that UFOs, ghosts, even some um, appearances of Bigfoot, uh, no, serious, yeah, like yeah. things like that, Sasquatch yeah, yeah. or whatever. I think. A chupacabra. I, chupacabra. Down in Mexico. In Mexico, chupacabra. He's a demon. <laughs> See, <laughs> he's, he's a bad hombre. A bad hombre, Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but for real, like uh, I think they are demonic. So okay. I, I think like um, so, it's possible that a UFO could be an angel, a fallen angel. Like you know, I saw this white glowing orb, mm-hmm. right? That I saw as an, an angel. But the Bible tells us that Satan comes masquerading as an angel of light. Right. So technically, if you, you really want to get technical, I could have been seeing a demon. You could have been seeing Satan. I could have been seeing a fallen angel. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I was seeing yeah, Satan. Yeah, you probably weren't seeing Satan. <laughs> he, I'm not as important as uh, yeah, yeah. To, to draw any of his attention, I don't think. <laughs> um, but 
But I will say that, uh, so I think that ghosts would fall under either the fallen angel or the demon category, in my opinion, okay. to deceive and to lead people astray. I don't think, so. Th- and this is the reason why, okay, because a ghost is traditionally um, thought to be, and maybe you can educate me a little bit, because I don't know a whole lot about ghosts. Um, yeah. But uh, the, traditionally, I'm under the, uh, I have the understanding that they are uh, people that have died that haven't haven't found their eternal peace or rest yeah and i think it's based on different circumstances just very generally like you hear stories of people moving into a house and they're seeing things or Mm -hmm. um but they're usually related to a person right right so they they see things or they see movements or you know i'm not going to get into the different right categorizes paranormal or they're seeing stuff uh feeling stuff such as like they, they they'll say like poltergeist activity which is things moving which i've got some experience with stuff like that yeah me too um crazy stuff my friends <laughs> totally lived in a super demonic house yeah and that was stuff happened all the time that was a great way to describe it super demonic house oh that yeah. and that was i mean even aside from they were some bad dudes yeah um down lynchburg Oh right, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, no way. Yeah, <laughs> not in not in Jerryland. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the reason why I don't think that yeah. they're they're people like they're spirits of people. Well, I was gonna say that you'll see like a spirit of a little girl, and they're like, "Oh, a little girl died in this house in the 1800s or something like that." Right. So I have to lean back on scripture. Right. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. So there's this inference that there isn't and this also that also disproves like our catholic friends purgatory Mm -hmm. mindset and um i i don't think for in humanity in the in the creation of humanity that our spirit once it dies that it just floats around here in the air um you're going to be directed to one place or another and I don't believe any of these necessarily these stories of um, like people died and near death experiences, and they're like, oh well, an angel escorted me to God, you know, and then hmm. God looked at me and said, it's not time, and then I went back, and I mean it, that could happen, but the but that's probably more true than uh, when you think about it. It's probably more that's more biblical. That God says it's not your time. No, or... that they were escorted right into God. Um, from oh, death, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, and sometimes you hear these weird, like near death, near death experiences are very intriguing. To I me. took a whole class on them. You took a class on, yeah. Them? Oh, like where? What? Down in Florida. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you like that class? It was really interesting. It's interesting to me. Yeah, there's a actually. I took the class with a uh, a guy that he wrote a number of books about the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, man. Oh, it's you gotta uh, explain that. The Fibonacci Fibonacci sequence or numbers is basically there's this thing called the golden ratio. It's a mathematical thing. I can't remember the exact thing, but basically it exists all throughout nature. Okay. And it is kind of it, it's basically proof that there is a creator because there's it's like the I'm just throwing out an example that is probably not true, but it might be something along the lines of the number of petals on a sunflower. Okay. Fall, you know, like if they have a an inner ring of uh, 
leaves and then uh outside more rings of f- yeah things like that or uh, i think it's like the the size of shells and like curls within seashells and stuff like that these designs and everything they all go to the same ratio so there's a mathematical thing that flowers all have this this number of petals that is in the direct number this proportion okay and it's found all throughout nature in all different ways so that's basically what it is so he just wrote this a whole bunch of books describing he was he's one of these um thing but he always used to hang out with uh native americans and do a lot of ayahuasca and he uh, there you go. <laughs> he was really he was really really out there so he loved talking about near-death experiences smoking his pipe and his uh yeah he was a really interesting your guy pipe and you're yeah. counting flower petals yeah but uh yeah so anyways yeah so and and this is a, a, a typical again right we look to the creation to explain the creator right it's never going to happen yeah. it only points to the creator there's no you're not going to find it, but and that's why I say ghosts and those so, the near death experiences. Like one of the things I was going to say about near death experiences yeah. is like the common testimony is that they saw them outside of their body. They were outside their body and they saw people working they're, on their body. Yeah, they're and, able to look back. Yeah, and things like that. Um, and then and and what's interesting is there's a lot of similarities too to the experience and some people chalk it up to brain waves yeah like uh well, i was gonna say there's this thing <laughs> from the same guy and uh other podcaster joe rogan loves talking about it and it's uh-huh. true the pineal gland there's a, a small amount of dmt that they say gets released which is a super crazy drug mm-hmm. that if you take it um you know, you can take DMT, you can drink ayahuasca, and there's other ways to use this dimethyltryptamine that's also created naturally in the <laughs> body. But the trip of DMT is basically you're taken to a completely other dimension of experience, so they say. So it's like not any of your six senses or anything like that, or five senses. You can't that, describe it. Yeah. Um, but it's basically, so that's what they say, like in near-death experiences, uh, your body thinks so the theory is that this dmt gets released when you're born and then when you die oh. and it's like the, the these hippie people that believe in it that's the that's the the thing that uh your consciousness comes into it and then it leaves your body like that so that's what they would say and i think a small portion gateway or whatever comes out uh when you dream they say but okay. they really don't know but anyways sorry so yeah, there, that's, cool. that's what they say um about that it might be I a think DMT trip. I mean, obviously, your brain is shutting down. Yeah. And so things are going to happen. But, I, you know, I have a story. This is really incredible, man. Um, I was with a, an elderly man when he when he left hmm. here, Earth. And um, he was uh, – this is amazing, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. It just reminded me. He was a believer, strong believer. And um, I had gone to be visit him the day before, and uh, or that day, and I shaved him, mm. and um, and then uh, he started to fail. His health started to fail, and while while I was there, I was holding his hand, and um, he he says, "Do you hear that?" And I was like, "No." And he, he says, "It's beautiful." And he says, "Do you see that?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't see." And he he says, "The angels, they're here. They were singing. Mm. He heard angels singing, and then he just." his eyes just rolled back and he was done. I mean, it was, it was like they knew. Yeah. They're like, we're here to get you and take you to home, take you home. Wow. 
And so he heard angels and he heard, he saw angels and he heard music. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, I got goosebumps. Yeah. I got goosebumps hearing that. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, incredible dude. Incredible. And, um, you know, this is the, that right there is the desire of God for every soul. Peace. To come and, to come and bring you with him. Yeah. That's 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 all he wants. He just wants. They're us rejoicing. To be Angels are rejoicing oh, that man. he's coming back home. And nothing's gonna stop that from happening. Yeah. Like it's it's written. It'll be done. You know, it, as soon as he, as soon as he surrendered his salvation to Christ, his faith in Christ for salvation, it was done. It was finished, and uh, God was just waiting for that day. Yeah. And and for us, that this is my big thing, and you know me, you know me for a long time. This is not our home. We're not destined for here. We're destined for eternity. This is just we're passing through. So what we're trying to do is bring as many people along with us to bring them to the place where we're headed. Yeah. Pointing you to eternity, pointing you to eternal life in Christ. Um, you know, and you were talking about like our mission or our job or whatever. And um it made me think about um a couple things. I heard this from a pastor and and it's such a great example. He said if if you were in a uh, in a burning building hmm. and you knew that there was a, a stairway that you know nobody could get down the other stairway, but you knew there was a back stairway and you discovered it and it was open and you could get escape the burning building, wouldn't you go back and tell as many people as you could? I made it out. Hey, there's a way out. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. And you would literally point them to the door. Yeah. And the door is Jesus, and the way out is this hell of a life that's on fire. Like, this is a garbage dumpster on that fire. That is destroyed. That we're, is being destroyed. <laughs> we're living in a dumpster fire. Yeah. This earth, right? And that's the way out, right? And the other, another uh, example that I heard was also that, uh, you know, it's like when you go to the doctor, and if you have cancer, he's like, okay, we can treat this, but we need to do it specifically, and we need to do it this way. And you're not going to go and just say no i'll figure out my own way to treat it hmm. right you're going to you're going to get the treatment you're going to get the radiation you're going to get whatever whatever it is that they need to do and that's there's specific remedy there's a specific prescription for t- for eternal life yeah and like unfortunately like no one gets mad at the doctor because he says you have to get this treatment right well no, though they can get mad at some them. people and then yeah. you go uh Go do marijuana is going to save it, right? But yeah, it might but, help. I mean, I think nah, I think there's medicinal. Yeah, that's you know. a whole other thing yeah, we could talk okay. about. I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. It. I'm actually one of those Christians that actually believes that they should just legalize it all the way around and um and start using it for what they can. Just weed? Yeah, just weed. Yeah, not not yeah, not other stuff. I'm, yeah, because it, it is a slippery slope, I believe. But but I've just seen enough evidence of of medicinal purposes for marijuana that, and they can extract the the medicine out. Yeah, of the it. CBD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why, why don't we just do that and just start using it? I mean, big pharma. I know, right? Yeah. So that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, I think we say that like every podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. We should just call our podcast a whole other podcast. A whole, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll get around. We got to do the drug one. We'll do that. Yeah, we will. So yeah, man, that, that's cool. So creepy October, man. Yeah. So basically, to sum it up, that little girl, or sorry to say, your grandfather that you see right. walk in the house, that's not him. It's not. That's not. Hopefully, your grandfather's in heaven looking down at you. Hopefully. And waiting if, if, waiting for you. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even know if people can look down. 
Yeah. I mean, you'd be looking at, you'll be looking up the whole time. Right. To, at, at God. God. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. Yeah. I just don't know how much they, how much in heaven we can see back down into this earth. Hmm. I mean, it would be really hard to sit up in glory and look down at people struggling through this life because it's yeah. just full of pain. And, and I mean, at the same time, <laughs> not to sound super, uh, uh, not jealous. What is it? Uh, whatever it is. Why would you want to look back down here anyways? Right. You, when you're, when you're in the presence <laughs> exactly. of God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the only way you could, the only way you could look back down here and not have it affect you is to be glorified perfectly. So I guess we could technically do it if we're going to be like Christ, you know, glorified, yeah. or glorified body and all that. But still. You're right. When, once you see the, once you behold the glory of Jesus, just sitting on His throne, and thousands upon thousands, millions upon millions of angels singing around Him, and and all of the saints that have gone before you kneeling and worshiping and lifting up His name, the image alone, you won't want to look away. Yeah, you won't want to look away for ten thousand years. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it'll be so fulfilling, and I just, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Hope. That's hope, man. Oh, man. That is hope. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So what started off as a dark podcast <laughs> came out as a good podcast. Yeah. Nice, bright, sunny one. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, don't, uh, hopefully in that in that thing, you know, obviously, I'd love to see Jesus sometime soon, but I'm going to wait my time. So, you know. <laughs> Are you like uh, some people, you, you, know, you want God to bring you your wife and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, hey, man. Any so. any available Christian women out there? You can just <laughs> Rosie's waiting. Uh, yeah. You got a good man here. Yeah. All right, send your picture and your email <laughs> to him, not me. Oh man, dude, it's been awesome. All right, this has been a great podcast. This has been fun. Yeah. So all of our listeners, we're going to get back into the Brave New World series, and we also have our special guest coming up. Hopefully, hopefully next week we'll have them, but and it'll be soon. And uh, and it, it let us know if you liked this style as well. Yeah. We should do more like this. Just uh, Any feedback we can get, we want. Um, yeah. I've had a few people reach out to me on Instagram and say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, and so on social media, look for us. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're, we're banned on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it is. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we'll get Twitter going again. But uh, but reach out to us. And um, and you can uh, – what's our email? Is it All Out Warcast? Yeah, at, at, at Proton, Proton Mail. Mail. So all out war cast at Proton Mail. You can also leave us. Um, I don't ask much, but if you could, if you could give us a rating on iTunes, that would be really helpful for us. Um, we want to be able to be discovered um, by other people, not just you, unless you selfishly want to keep us to yourself, which is cool. But if you're listening now, you get the honor of saying, "I remember when <laughs> I was one of the only seventy people that would listen to them, or whatever." But uh, and I just want to say. For us at All Out War, thanks for listening. We love uh, doing this, and it's always a joy. Yeah, man. And we appreciate every listener. And so share us with somebody if you think of it. And uh, we hope you have a, an awesome day. And Rosie? And we love you. Love, we love you. I'll see you guys. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at All Out Warcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.